Hey guys, and welcome back to the Simmons Slayers podcast. We're doing a special episode for you guys. This is our movie matchup episode two. We are doing your creature features. That's right. The ones that deal with the worst that nature has to throw at you. And as always, we do have Heather, Jaston, and Devin, and we do have a returning guest, our first intentional returning guest. Sorry, Alejandro, your re-record doesn't count. <laughs> we do have Ryan Crow with us today. Hey, everybody. So happy to be back. Especially for creature features. We know this is your shit. That's why we asked you to be here. <laughs> I totally. hope I can deliver because it's going to be terrible if like, I don't add anything to this conversation and <laughs> I just be you guys. I don't see it being a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as always, with these movie matchups, this is based on a Facebook post that Justin did curate for everybody. So we are going through the movies Jaws, Descent, Aliens, Nosferatu, American Werewolf in London, Predator, The Thing, Pan's Labyrinth, Pumpkinhead, It, Gremlins, and The Fly. Now, I'm not saying we're going to be legitimately touching on each one of those you know in great depth or anything but that was our field to choose from with this and maybe we throw some curveballs your way who knows this is cinema slayers we kind of do what the fuck we want (laughs) so we are going to start this off with you ryan since you are the guest what is your creature feature out of these well um it's it's you know you, you got to look at it a, a couple ways because then it's it are you going for like something that's going to be legendary are you going for something that's creating genuine chills and thrills are you going for something that's cheesy and b that you know really represents the creature feature genre um, so for me personally I'm just going with one that I think it touches a lot of things there and uh, that's just Jaws the greatest movie ever made. Um, this is the film that I think really it didn't necessarily kick off creature features, but it's the one that made creature features a blockbuster hit. I mean, uh, I don't know if there are many memorable animal uh, villains out there like Jaws and, uh, you know, Bruce the shark is just the shit. Um, just the way that it was done, that it spawned a bunch of sequels. I mean, it literally scared the crap out of people for summers where I mean, me as a kid, I had a hard time getting in the pool or a bathtub or even taking a shower after watching Jaws. So, I mean, it it left me shook. And uh, there's a lot of, like, I would say for me, a second runner up to that is Alien because Alien is classic and scary as shit and uh, just so awesome. Like one of the best sci-fi movies out there. But when you kind of look back in time and... And, you know, what movie is going to be one of those things that are people going to be studying and and taking courses on? It's going to be Jaws. That's just my uh, two cents. All right. Heather, your turn. Yeah. I mean, Ryan, I definitely agree. I think Jaws is kind of like a classic of pretty much everything. (laughs) But for me personally, I'm going to go with it Um, just because I, um, I feel like, you know, the idea of, you know, a creature that takes the form of your worst fears, you know, like it knows what scares you. It, it's not just one thing. It's a lot of different things. And it's kind of just like a, the psychological aspect of it that really is terrifying, you know? And I just remember seeing the original, um, it, which was like the made for TV one, I think, but it, I mean, it really legitimately terrified me because, you know, you think about the things that scare you the most and that, they could just be in front of you at, you know, at a whim, you know, <laughs> with this, with this creature, it, you know, and for me, that just is a really terrifying thing. 
Um, I mean, Jaws for sure, like it, it's definitely a close second just because, you know, it's a, it's a fairly simple, I guess, in a sense, plot. But it does such a great job of making it terrifying and so memorable, you know. But um, for me, just thinking about it and what actually scared me growing up and things that I just remember about movies and movies I remember actually just having that chilling effect on me, I would have to go with it for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, it is way fucked up because, I mean, you got this demonic presence that's actively hunting and killing and and eating children because it gets mm-hmm. off on that. Jaws, right. he's going to eat a kid because he's hungry, but he doesn't care if you're an old lady or, or whatever. But yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it, it definitely like plays on so much psychological horror um, that, I, yeah, I, I can't fault your choice there. You know, still for me, I'm, I'm a Jaws guy, but I, I get it what you're saying. It, it, that's strong, that's strong, uh, strong reasoning for it. Mm-hmm. Justin. Okay. So um, both of you guys, both Heather and Ryan raised some great points, um, very strong points, especially about Jaws. Um, uh, to speak on that just really quickly, uh, Jaws is definitely a classic. That that's one of the ones when whenever I comprised this list, that that was the one of the ones I was looking at. Going, you know, that's a definite candidate for number one of all time, just because of everything involved. And, and what's incredible about Jaws is the story behind it what it took to make that movie the fact that the the that the director and the crew at at that time were running out of options and the deadlines were coming up and so they had to kind of construct this new way of filming the movie just because of a lack of resources and things like that so a lot of times when you couldn't see jaws a lot of times it was really a case of necessity being the mother of invention so even the the background story, the behind the scenes story of Jaws is fascinating. Um, just to comment on it really quickly, it definitely is scary. The Pennywise character is definitely one of the most iconic, most memorable, most scary characters there is. And anytime you think about a scary clown, it's hard not to think about Pennywise. He's just one of those characters that you always think about. I mean, I even the, I was at a um, comic convention in Lubbock, Texas, not too long ago, and there was a guy that dressed up as Pennywise. And I'm not gonna lie, and he had like, and he was walking on these uh, stilts, so he was like super tall, and he had the red balloons, and he looked like kind of like the newer version that we saw on the most recent movie, and he was kind of walking around, looking all creepy, looking at people. And I'm not going to lie, man. I know that this was just a guy in a costume, but every now and then I would see him walking and I would just have to look, you know, stare for a bit like, man, that's Pennywise. (laughs) Okay. It's not, it's not him. Okay. He's not going to, you know, torture me with my worst fear and then try to eat me, you know, but, but, (laughs) but still just him walking around and every now and then I would, I would look at him and. I would have to look for a while. And I mean, I think that that is a testament to the impact that that movie had on me. But for this list and um, really just to be different, I narrowed it down to two movies. If you're going to talk about the, the, the best of all time, I'm looking at overall best. How did it do at the at the theaters? What is the overall reception? What what is it 
what what is it normally regarded as? Is it regarded as something that was a trendsetter, something that was groundbreaking, something that really set the tone for other movies before it? And man, I feel like Aliens and Jaws are almost interchangeable in that way. But I'm going to mm-hmm. go with Aliens. I'm going to go with, um. well, Alien. We'll go, because mm-hmm. if you say Aliens, you're talking about the second. So I'm going with Alien in this particular list. And I think the reason why is because I'm just such a big fan of pacing in movies. I love when a movie is well-paced. I love when a movie takes its time getting to its points, getting you to feel a certain thing, and then suddenly ripping that from under you or pulling the wool from your eyes or whatever the film is trying to do. But sometimes pacing is a, a, a really good thing that's involved with that. And when it comes to horror to me, I feel like a lot of the best horror films are the ones that pace themselves well, the ones where it takes time to get to that first scare. It takes time for you to figure out what's happened because it really puts you in the mindset of the characters that are going through this in that universe of that world. So for me, Aliens is a masterwork when you're talking about pacing. It it takes its time to get to before you even see the alien or you get to that first interaction with the alien, but everything from just how it plays with silence, how a character will be looking or Ripley will be looking around and she can't hear anything. Then this distant clashing of metal or a sudden sound in the distance. It just had a way of making that spaceship seem vast, even though they were in this enclosed space. And I just love how you never knew what was coming. You didn't really understand um where what the alien was or where it was. But you just felt helpless. You felt like Ripley. You felt like those characters because you're, you're, you're out in space and there's no way off the ship. So it's not like there's a place where you can run from this thing. And I mean, there are just so many iconic scenes. The, the, the first little baby xenomorph bursting out of that mm-hmm. guy's chest. That's an iconic scene. The, the, some of the set pieces and the designs of the ship, the, the, the very dreary, dark atmosphere that it had. I mean, when you talk about a masterwork, when you talk about any film that followed after that, that tries to create a dark atmosphere, all of these films that are coming out today where you have these characters enclosed in this small area and something is trying to get them. You really have to all of those films that we love today, even something like A Quiet Place or something like that. Those films that are wonderful today, those films have to kiss the hand of something like an alien movie that really established that fine pacing, not giving you much at the beginning and then rewarding you with your investment as the film goes on. This truly is the masterwork when it comes to that. Uh, yeah, I think you 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 said that very well. I mean, I I what I forget about is that when I watched Alien, I kind of already heard all like what it did and what it you know about it impregnates you and then burst out of your guts and all that. And I remember hearing that in kindergarten. That was one of those movies that fucked me up. I'm like, I never want to watch that because that's just messed up. Like, um, so <laughs> I just I kind of wish that. I didn't know about that when I watched that movie because 
I can just imagine being an audience member. You're sitting through. You have no idea what the fuck's going on. You've never seen anything close to this. And then you watch that, and then you think this guy's choking. And next thing you know, he's just busting out of that chest. Blood's going everywhere. And what I loved about that is when they filmed it, none of the – I mean, I think the actors knew something was going to happen, but they had no idea it was going to be that. And so those terrified, disgusted shot reactions – those are all real. And, you know, that's, that's just, you know, it's movie magic right there. Just like with Jaws, like as you were talking about it, and I'm like, yeah, Jaws and Alien is, you can kind of interchange it. But the thing with this is you understand what a shark is. You know what a shark's going to do. Alien, you don't know what the fuck that guy's doing. And I don't think they, did they even touch on the fact that like he, they have acid blood? I don't think you even got that in the first, uh, that first thing. And so I just love that as it continued to go on, you find out more and more. And I mean, aliens to me was just a masterful follow-up. Um, I really liked alien, but for me, aliens is, is I, I I'll go back to that just because it's a roller coaster ride of fun and the character development. And you know, that to me is an ensemble movie just to go off on a little bit of a tangent, but you know, with everything you have here on that list, it's really hard to beat jaws in alien. Um, uh, but, you know, they're definitely really like I, Heather did a great job bringing up how Pennywise was just, you know, so messed up. And I mean, we haven't even touched on the thing yet, which, again, is, uh, you know, I bow oh, yeah. down to the thing. But um, oh, yeah. The anyways, thing wonderful, too. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Great stuff. And yes, you were. And I didn't realize that I didn't know that the actors in that scene with Alien did not know. So that's an awesome tidbit, man. Thanks for that. That makes me appreciate that scene even more and yes aliens is what is usually considered the better of the two which is why i feel like some people are kind of like uh you know normally when you're discussing alien films aliens is the one and it was a lot of fun it's a roller coaster ride like you said just it, th that one too i think is like an action sci-fi masterpiece but man yeah. you gotta appreciate that slow burn that methodical burn of alien and like you said like for anybody who didn't know what was going to happen and got to experience it that way man it was just wonderful but but thanks for that that was really insightful stuff i appreciate it yeah no worries i good you gotta i love watching a movie and then i immediately go on to imdb or if you can watch those directors commentaries it's amazing what you'll pick up and it really enhances the movie after the fact just just for edification purposes, uh, the acid blood is in the first alien. You see it whenever they, they cut the face hugger when it's on. Uh, what's his name? Oh, right. Right. Right, right, right. It drips on the floor. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're right about that. But I don't think you necessarily know the damage it does until you get to. I think part two is really where it all it's it's bad. Well, they're, they're relatively inconsistent with it all because you see like the acid blood from the face hugger and it, you know, eats away the floor at that point. But if you think about it, and it's not in the theatrical cut, but I want to say it's in like the director's cut of aliens. Uh, there's that scene where they use like that rail gun to just mm -hmm. like mow down a ton of aliens. Yeah. And if they had done that, the amount of acid used would have like just killed everything. Like there would have just been acid everywhere, uh, at yeah. that point. And they don't touch on it. It's it's one of those weird things, like with movies in general, like it's acid blood when you need it to be acid blood. But when you don't, you just ignore that. Well, I'm wondering, is it well, granted, you know, when they're attacking them in LV 42, like in the, the, the Hadley's Hope or whatever it is, 
It's true there. Yeah, it should have messed the, everything up around there. But I'm wondering, you know, because obviously their flesh or their shell can contain that that acid. So I'm wondering, like, you know, when they went down to that power structure and they're blowing away all these aliens, it, all that goop that they use to kind of, you know, it's like almost like a beehive, you know, that wax that they used to coat everything. I wonder if that's acid resistant. Yeah, but even just walking around would have been hard because, like, just walking around your boots, you would have been stepping in, like, pools of acid, and then sooner or later, you're, like, nubs. It's true. <laughs> yeah, true. True. Way to ruin it for me, That's a big tangent, I know. <laughs> but it's just one of those things that I was thinking of. Uh, Devin, creature feature, go. Well, you guys have all brought up some very interesting points, and without a doubt, Jaws and Alien and It are in all their own rights um, classics, um, especially when you talk about Jaws and Alien and how influential they are. Um, Jaws, you can thank Jaws uh, for blockbusters, period, when it comes right down to it. For the summer blockbuster without Jaws, there would be nothing like that. But when I was looking at this, um, I went beyond being objective. and Or maybe I won't say I, I went beyond being objective. What I did is I delved into my own psyche. And I looked at each and every one of these creatures for what they were, the situations that these characters were in when they were fighting them or uh, had conflict with them or were being mauled by them or gored by them or devoured by them and so on and so forth. And I asked myself, which one of these creatures in real life would be the worst to, to encounter? And so when you look at Jaws, don't go swimming. Now, I'm black and I love the water. <laughs> I really do. I really love swimming. I was on the swim team and everything. <laughs> but if I knew there was a gigantic shark eating people all the time, I just wouldn't go in the water. So Jaws is out of there. He has a limited reach. Uh, there's still pools and jacuzzis and bathtubs and all kinds of bodies of water I can go into and not have to encounter Jaws. Um, when I look at Alien, um, that's all about space travel. Uh, I'm not an astronaut. Uh, so I'm good with alien. No big deal. I, I can avoid that. Um, when we look at it, um, now it is very scary. It preys upon your fears. Um, you know, it has control of an entire town. It's a transcendental being. So it's eternal pretty much. Um, but the thing is, is that this eternal near all powerful being, not only does it devour kids, but it can be beaten by kids who imagined battery acid in his face. Uh, and it doesn't really like eating adults <laughs> um, either. And it only comes out every 27 years. And it only comes out in the fictitious town of Derry, Indiana. And listen, I don't give a shit about the Pacers. So, um, Derry, Maine. <laughs> Derry, Derry, Maine, sorry, <laughs> Derry, Maine, even, even more in Derry, Maine. So um, first of all, my black ass would not go to possibly the whitest name of a town you could think of than Derry <laughs> to be <laughs> for any reason. Especially in the state of Especially Maine. Especially in the state right. of Maine, okay? There would have to be some really succulent prize for me to enter that place. So that's not gonna happen to me. So the rest of these <clears throat> the rest of these creatures are all formidable. But if I had to think of the one creature that I feared most and, and the one thing that preys upon um, one specific trait of humanity, it's the thing. You see, the thing 
exists, the thing is able to do what it's able to do because we are curious. See, we found the thing in ice. We dug too deep. We burrowed too far into the icy abyss and we found something there that had been waiting there for who knows, untold millions of years. We have no idea about it. The mystery of the thing itself also makes it so formidable because you don't know how to stop it or kill it. Here's why the thing is so terrifying. It can be anyone or anything at any time. It only needs to come in with the slightest contact with you and it can mimic your voice, your mannerism, um, your thought processes, um, and it can hide amongst anything that's living tissue. Um, a lot of these creatures, if they ran up on the theme, they would just get assimilated. That'd be it. And it wouldn't really fuck with the thing because I don't think the thing can even feel fear. And it's definitely not a human child. Actually, it prefers to eat things that have imaginations. And the thing in itself is a, uh, a thing that only understands reality, things that are happening right now. That's why it's so strong. It's able to ascertain a species so it can devour and consume it whole, spreading from one organism to the other organism rapidly. The rest of these creatures don't stand a chance. Um, and just think about being trapped in this remote location in the Arctic with this entity that you can't defeat. Um, and when you want to talk about tension and pacing and payoffs, when the thing would reveal itself, that is some Lovecraftian body horror, nightmare fuel shit for the ages that holds up even today. Uh, it's been duplicated, but never replicated those visual effects. And the thing is just, it's just such a powerful movie because deep down at its core, it's all about human paranoia and people not trusting one another mm -hmm. and slowly turning into monsters and cannibalizing one another. That's what the thing is all about. Um, you know, it's kind of reminiscent of, you know, the paranoia of communism and the, and the spread of it. When I watch the thing, that's what I feel about it. Like these people were all trying to contain this idea that we're hopelessly um, never going to contain because it's just an idea. It's just a thing that's always going to pop up somewhere. You can't squash it. You can't burn it. You can't shoot it. You can't kill it in one way or another. It's going to resurface And the ending uh, that ambiguous ending you know the thing is it dead. Maybe they stopped it for a little bit. Maybe they didn't. But you know, eventually, whether it be a storm or people coming to investigate what happened at that site, that the thing would do it again. And eventually it would reach you where you were. It might take 10 years, 20, 100, 1,000 years. But eventually the thing will get you. It's never going to stop because it's only only mission as a sentient creature is to assimilate, dominate and take over whatever planet it's on. And that is why the thing is the ultimate creature. All good points. But, you know, something tells me that I feel like the predator can take out. The no thing way. Because I think this is the thing, right? It's, it's going to if they're going head to head with it and it's attacking or whatever, their predator is going to hit its self-destruct button and he's going to nuke you know, everything around it. And so, I mean, he obviously has always proven that he's not afraid to take himself out and everyone else around him. Um, and he was, a and the predators are able to contain the xenomorphs 
which are also very terrifying. They're not as crazy as the thing, but they're they're pretty deadly and probably a, 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 a quick. Like, are they though? I mean, one, his atomic device couldn't kill Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now I know he's a badass and everything, but he was able to outrun that explosion. And I know that motherfucker ain't no Olympic level sprinter. Uh, it's obviously doesn't have any atomic capabilities because if it was an atomic device, he would have been killed by the radiation, hands down, by the fallout from that thing. Well, see, there's, there's, there's some, there's some predators. Do you know how the predators all have classes, yeah, yeah, they have right? Classes, yeah. And so that might have been that might have been like a junior predator. That's like kind of like uh, I think. I don't know too much about the predator lore, but there's these ones that They're are called unblooded um, that are kind of fall out of favor. Yeah, the un- well, there's unblooded, bad and then bloods. there's the ones that yeah, bad blood, and maybe that was a bad blood predator because he didn't have like all the shit no, that he, he needed to have he to. Because then, unblooded. if you well, because if you look at AVP, like they take out, I think it's AVP one when they go through the history, like that one dude like takes out this whole Mayan temple and like everything around it. So I have a feeling if it's like in that situation, had the predator been on that thing and also the predator since it can see in all sorts in ultraviolet and 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 in heat and all that i'm wondering if it could pick up that that thing is not what it looks like and that's why i'm, I'm wondering I'm not, I'm not saying for sure it could kill it out but i think it would be a good fight and i think the predator he i think he has enough to get uh, I done think, uh, uh, but that's got to be one Predator, I think it you. would be a good fight until it made physical contact because when you touch the thing, it's over and predators are all into that. Those plasma beams and stuff aren't going to do anything but make other little chunks of the thing that are going to attach to all kinds of life that's around. That's the thing about the thing. It, it, it It's completely and utterly um, non-selective. It doesn't matter whether you're human or rat a predator, whatever. If you're a living organism, it's going to go and try and mimic you no no matter what. Now, does the predator have technology that might be able to read that? Yes, but how long does it take? Because the thing is a smart entity. It's very intelligent. So it's... It, it, it's a- yeah, but it also... But the- I was just going to say, but the, it, it takes a while to assimilate someone. It just doesn't touch it in turn. It takes a while. Like It has to like... I don't know. It may... Like when you watch the movie, you see it kind of run off and it's yeah. taking a little bit of time to change because that one redheaded dude, you they, you saw him changing or whatever. And you know that if you can kill parts of it with fire. Um, and so, again, that's why I think the Predator would, would have – because if you get it all together and you blow it up or you heat it or something, I think that does kill it because it's biological, you know. Um it doesn't last in fire. It, it it can survive cold though. That's that's the interesting end. Um, and it's what's weird too is because the predator doesn't do very well in yeah, cold. Exactly. So I don't know, man. I think you got a good good head to head situation. I, I don't there. know, man. I, I understand what you're saying. It's just hard for me to imagine a, a scenario where the predator just figures like, oh, this is a thing. Then I got to burn it up with fire. And then I've never really seen predators with fire based weapons. Everything seems to be plasma based. Their technology seems to be about cutting, Mm -hmm. blowing off parts and pieces and things like that. That's really what they like to do. That's their whole thing. And I've never seen predators use the only when they get primitive. It's always with a spear or hand claws or some sort of Masma disc or something that's close quarters combat. And while the thing doesn't assimilate you 
um, outright immediately um, in a situation when you have new predators trying to become blooded predators and they go into a place like where there's three, um, they split up and they go off by themselves. You know, that's what mm-hmm, they do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that the thing would have time to get that to get the predator, man. I, I just I don't know. I think it would be a good fight. That could be a cool premise. Predator versus the thing. That would really be awesome. I know. I want to see. Yeah, that would be I a wonderful movie. movie. <laughs> like, that's a great movie yeah. idea. Like them trying to hunt one of those things and he could mimic them and they think it's one of their comrades and then it's really him. Like that would be a that sounds like it would be a neat movie. Yeah. That like, would be even an awesome like a movie, short, yeah. Even like a short film. Yeah, would be cool. I would watch the shit like, out of that. I don't know. I just I have a lot of faith. I have I have a lot of faith <laughs> in um the thing and its abilities, man. Uh that creature, I mean uh, it, it's undefeated. It's undefeated in the ring, dog. The predators have been defeated many a times, but the thing is unfucking <laughs> defeated. It has been defeated. Um, I mean, uh, you go back and look at this list. I mean, uh, the fly got defeated. Nosferatu got defeated. Uh, and these they got they got defeated not by like some atomic bomb or some scientist who figured out. I mean, predator got beat by a big log. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then he got mad and committed suicide because he did because you know that's how predators are. I mean, when you look at aliens, they got beat by a um, a maternal figure. Don't get me wrong, Sigourney Reeves is a badass. I love Ripley, but you know it couldn't beat the aliens. The xenomorphs couldn't stand up to a mom. So you know if you're if you're really passionate about soccer, you could get it. Um, uh, uh, Pumpkinhead has a strict guideline of what he has to. Do he's here for a good time, not a long time. Now the gremlins, that would be really interesting. Let's think about if the thing assimilated a gremlin and then got gremlin powers. That would be oh, that'd be crazy. <laughs> thing for uh, actually, I think an honorable honorable mention goes to gremlins. Nobody knows how scary gremlins are. Gremlins are terrifying. They multiply with water. Where mm-hmm. this planet is seventy five percent water. It's uh, yeah, but they also get killed by the yeah, sunlight. Though. Yeah, that, that's Which, that's the only yeah. thing. That's the only thing. Twelve hours a day, yeah. they're still killable. Yeah, they're, they're, so. But they're still killable. Sunlight kills them. Um, you know, Jeff Goldblum, he uh was insane and melded with the machine. And Pan is just not going to be in this. It's not a really a fisty cuff type of entity. Um, and then uh, and then a werewolf is a werewolf. What is it going to do? Bite and snarl and. I don't need to be tormented because of what he did last night. Or, you know, nobody, he's not going to, this is not a good fight, but, <laughs> but I, I, I believe in the thing. I believe I, you know, if you're out there, John Carpenter, you're listening to me. I think that your creature is the strongest creature. It is to me. It is a badass, scary but ass thing. I would thing, like to see that sure. bad motherfucker fight that ugly motherfucker. <laughs> Tony, I think that's that. a good fucking movie. That's a good movie. Predator versus the thing. Yeah. Now I want to think about this. Fucking pipe dreams. Thanks, Ryan. You heard it Predator here first on Cinema Slayer. Right? <laughs> Make well, that, that raises happen. a question. Um, if you could it just, in the uh, we need to get the Sterling, but if you could pit any other two of these creatures against one another, which ones would it be? No, no, <laughs> we're not doing that right now. No, 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 no. Fuck off. No. <laughs> Especially because I've been staying quiet because 
We're saving the best for last. This bitch Am is about I? to go. It's the puppet master. <laughs> What he's about to do. I know he's really gonna fucking do. Probably. Exactly yeah. do. The secret the secret answer. I'm not gonna say it's puppet masters because puppet masters are not creatures. They technically fall under the supernatural realm of things. Fuck you, Devin. You're wrong. No, I, I've been keeping quiet because you guys are all kinds of wrong, especially in this last conversation you were having, about what is the best of these movies, especially this week? If it was another week, I might choose something else. But Predator. Predator is the best. And especially this week, because Predators comes out this week. And I'm super excited about that. I don't give a fuck what these reviews say. I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm still um, excited. Yeah, yeah. But you're, 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 you guys are all kinds of wrong about some of these things. And I've been, I've been saving it so I could like bring it up here. Um, so the Predator that we get in the first movie... It, it, that's a jungle predator. Okay. Um, so that's why he's actually got a little bit of the, uh, uh, less of the technology is because he's a jungle predator. Um, when you get into some of the other versions of it, that's, you know, you've got the, the urban, uh, I, I want to say they call it the urban commando predator. That's the one you see in uh predator two. So he's got more technology um, and different things like that. Uh, for one, the plasma weapons would be incredibly effective against the thing, uh, because mm-hmm. plasma is incredibly fucking hot. Um, that's going to be more heat than just typical fire. So whenever he shoots the the thing with that, you're not going to get little chunks of it to you know go do something else. No, that shit's going to be dead because it's just going to be burnt the fuck up. Um, it is not a nuclear based bomb. Uh, that is uh. All of them, all of them, none of them are nuclear based, but they are. Uh, I think they still classify them as like energy based, though. That's why they mm-hmm. do still have that the uh, destructive capabilities within that that radius of the bomb. That's why everything's still utterly destroyed, but it's not nuclear based, which would then have fallout that would go other places. Um, all kinds of things. Uh, the bad blood predators that you were talking about. Um, earlier we have not seen one of them confirmed in a movie there's actually theories that the super predators uh from the predator wait, wait can, uh, I, can i ask a question quick quick i thought mr black was a bad blood that, that that's the thing is it, but it's it's not been like 100 percent confirmed in the lore um but that is the prevailing theory that those three uh super predators are bad blood predators and that's why they don't follow the conventional rules of the honor code that none of the predators follow um anyway <laughs> uh it's just there for most of the movie and then whenever the predator doesn't care then it stops being a thing um but yeah those those three predators it, it's theorized that they are bad blood predators and that's why they are fighting uh, uh with different rules that's why they're not really hunting their prey they're just kind of fucking them up mm-hmm. like that whole movie isn't them really hunting it's just them fucking those like random people up. It's just they're like trying to get the best fight of them. So, yeah, that, that it, like I said, that's not confirmed, but it's the prevailing theory. And there, it's a lot of stuff that makes sense with it. But just to go with the Predator movie itself real quick, I do think uh, a lot of it was in a way like ahead of its time. Um, I don't know if anybody here has seen <laughs> the pictures of the original monster design the original creature design mm-hmm. uh it looks like a gigantic cockroach essentially it's like a weird lobster thing which played by john claude van damme <laughs> yes there was two different versions of the suit the red one is what they used when they were using the uh invisibility effect 
uh because that was easier to color over in the jungle uh that red color that's why they were using the uh, the red one um but then there were versions of it that were like supposed to be more creature-esque and the fact that like when they were filming like two-thirds of the movie and they were like this looks stupid uh and then they changed it and they then hired the legendary Stan Wilson to design the creature. And he happened to be on a plane with James Cameron, uh, who was talking about just randomly how he would love to see a, a, a monster with mandibles. And that's where you get the iconic predator face from uh, was that. And it's it really is. It's iconic at this point. Uh, and the thing is, is like none of the things here, with the exception of maybe aliens, has as much uh, spinoff and lore as the predators and now they are slightly intertwined now with the movies and stuff like that and some of the video games but even then like with the comics the sheer lore that has been added to the predators when you've got all these different classes you've got uh there are some predators that are like millennia old you've got uh you know predator police um you've now got predator dogs and in this new movie we're gonna see genetically enhanced like eugenic predators um nothing nothing out there with the exception of maybe gremlins i'll give you that because they do have uh after gremlins to a new batch you do get a couple of varietals uh, of gremlins with the uh dna enhancements they get at the uh random shopping mall because you know that's where i get my dna enhancements shopping malls um <laughs> just go to tomato got it <laughs> Uh, it's just it's it's one of those things, though, that the the Predator, like I said, it really has a lot to do with this week because I have uh, put myself through five Predator movies, if you want to call them that, because two of them are the Aliens versus Predator movies. And then, you know, you can consider Predator 2, whatever the fuck you want to consider that movie. Um, but the first Predator and Predators are super great. Um, I do have some issues with Predators. Uh, I don't like the ending of it per se. And well, it's not even the ending. It's the Topher Grace's character. Towards the end, mm-hmm. I think they could have handled that a little better. I think it was a little shaky. Uh, I like the I like I like the idea of what they did. I just didn't like the way that uh, it was handled. Um, but that that was still kind of nitpicky. Overall, I thought it was great. You know, like I said, you get to see like these super predators, and they get to fight a regular. And that was a that was also a jungle predator in that. Um, but to also t- touch base now back against the thing, because like I said, I've been holding a lot of this in for a while. Uh, the thing would not be able to confuse a predator that much with some of this stuff. Say like there was three and say it did mimic one of the other like ones. And they're like, Oh, is that my comrade that I know it can like get the look of metal and stuff like that. Uh, it can like make it look right. It looked like it's wearing its predator like enhancements and whatnot, but the pulse cannon on its arm wouldn't work. And on top of that, the heat vision that the predators do have in their mask, uh, would actually know that that was not uh, a predator because of that. The fact mm-hmm. that like the metal would have body heat, right? Whereas it shouldn't. Uh, so it'd actually be very quick to tell that, Oh, that's not a predator. That's a fuck face. And it would shoot it True. in the face with its plasma cannon, which would, <laughs> you know, like I said, work. Um, you know, they do have, they, and they have lots of technology. Like it's, which would do nothing. Well, you say that uh, they do have smaller versions of the, the bombs. They do have grenades of those. Uh, they do have the hand pulse cannons and things like that. Anything that's energy based would be hot enough to do the same damage as fire. Now, it's not as uh, in- engulfing as fire can be, but it's also very easy for them to go, oh, that's this fuck thing and shoot something that would light on fire and throw it at it. Um, mm-hmm. 
like I said, they do have a lot of weapons that are energy based. You just don't always see them uh, in the movies because, like I said, they end up fighting people. So they try to keep it uh, more in tune with that. Because, uh, I mean, I've even seen versions of the uh, the smart disks that do have like energy blades on them uh, and things like that. So that would be highly effective uh, against the thing. Um, mm-hmm. So there's little things like that. Like, there's very few things that the thing could actually do to trick a predator. Uh, mm-hmm. And especially if the predator knew what it was going up against. That's one thing. And also, you also forget that predators are never really by themselves. Uh, it might seem like they're by themselves, but they're not. Uh, you know, anytime like it's like a young, like an unblooded predator is like here to like, you know, prove itself. That means there's like a ship of predators still up there. Very rarely do you have a solo predator. Uh, and when you do, that's typically the cleanup missions like you got in like an AVP Requiem, uh, which are those predators that have been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and fought any number of things. And, uh, you know, they like I said, they're the cleanup guys. They're the ones that come and and to do that. Uh, like I said, just to like clean up the mess to like hide any and all traces of their existence. And I'm actually also going to say that 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 solution that they use to completely dissolve xenomorph Mm -hmm. matter might actually work Mm -hmm. on the thing. There's nothing to actually dictate that it's xenomorph specific. If it is something that works on any biological matter, toss a fucking bottle of that at the thing and just watch it shrill up and die. I mean, yep, that is true. that's another possibility. Uh, like I said, there's lots and lots of things the the predator could do that the thing would think it could counteract, and it just wouldn't. Like I said, the the thing couldn't deceive one. Uh, also, I don't know, like unless the thing knew, like how much of the thing is like when it touches something, does it actually like be able to mimic? That's something they don't really directly uh, touch on in the movie because, like, would the thing be able to touch the outside of a predator, like touch its skin and break down every minute aspect of its DNA because that's not how DNA works. Uh, See, I thought they had to like swallow, like they had to ingest everything because I don't think you ever saw a clone, right? When you watch the thing or am I off? That's what I'm throwing. It's been a minute since I've seen the thing. Uh, I think I saw the Mary Elizabeth Winstead prequel sequel to the thing uh more recently than i i've seen the original thing um and so i'm i'm a little hazy on that but if you are right on that then yeah some of that would work cuz you would get like cuz then it would be able to like digest it essentially and know that it does have green blood and stuff like that but like i said mm-hmm. there are aspects of it like the technology itself none of it would work on the thing like you know yeah. so it it See, i was just going to say i think that i think the predator i think it's hard for a thing to kill the predator um, I just because of what it's going to have at its disposal. I mean, I guess the thing could create sharp objects and, and could do some sort of strangulation situation that would take out the predator. Um, but it would be difficult. But it, it would be, I think it would be hard to kill the thing as the predator unless you're using some sort of big boom. Because, like, e- let's say even if it were to shoot it with one of those nets and get it stuck against a wall, that fucking thing could turn itself into a bunch of worms. And all it takes is just a little piece of it to survive, to kind of come back. And, and that's the scary part of, of, of the thing, you know? It's like, uh, it's each cell is a super cell. So, if you were to shoot that thing in the head, its arm could walk away and, and you know, replicate and create some other stuff. So, I think it's a, it's a fair matchup. That's what I'm saying. What is a head to the thing? 
What's getting shot in the face to the thing? It's just another piece that's expendable to it. It, I mean, in the movie, it they cut it's got his head cut off and then it just sprouted out legs and eyeballs and then just ran away like a spider. I mean, it's I think it's a lot more formidable than you're giving it credit for. But well, you know. no, no. But that's the thing is you're saying shot in the face. That's different when it's a pulse cannon, though, when it's actually heat, like when it's which is something the thing is weak to. It's not going to just, oh, I got pulse cannon. My arm is now something else that the arm's going to burn like it's going to burn, which does legitimate damage to the thing. It's not something yeah. it can just regenerate and just be like, oh, it's this now. It can't really do that. But the thing is, also, that's something that the predators can do is the predators. Like I said, if a predator dies and the predator does not set off its bomb, that's the purpose of the other predators, though. So say the predator does die going up against the thing. They will actually more than likely just kind of set the bomb off itself just to erase because the whole point is to erase any knowledge of the predator. Mm-hmm. So they can do that remotely. They can set that thing off. And like, so that thing's like, haha, and it's like heads trying to get away. It's not going to be faster than that. I know Arnold outran it, but the thing's not going to outrun it. And now also Gary Busey the the logic that Gary Busey sets up for how fast Arnold had to run to escape that bomb is can only be defined as movie magic uh, mm-hmm. because Gary Busey in the second movie says he blew up 300 city blocks. I thought he said 16 city blocks. No, 300. Wow. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger would have to run like, I don't know, like th- like 300 miles an hour to get away from that. Exactly. That's the thing. Like I said, it it strictly is movie magic because he said he blew up 300 city blocks. So let's say that's from the point of detonation. So let's just assume that means roughly a 150 city block radius to get Mm -hmm. away from the bomb. That means that essentially in 10 seconds, Arnold Schwarzenegger ran 150 city blocks Mm -hmm. in 10 seconds. Um, So like I said, that's movie magic. If it was actually dictated by the the rules set forth in Predator 2, Arnold be dead. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So you can't use Arnold escaping that because they retconned it to make him just literally the fastest thing in existence. <laughs> Unless it was at a certain maybe height and it blew out and up versus down and maybe Arnold like jumped off some cliff or something like that and got somehow got under the blast. I don't know. He jumped yeah, over it's, a log. It's pure insanity. It's pure insanity how he got away from that. Uh, but well, just like what they do, like the whole existence of the predators and things like that like and also like a lot of that logic is still based on the fact that like they have an honor code and that they actually stay with it they don't no predator in the history of any media is actually stuck with that honor code i don't know what the purpose of it is because like no matter what like in predator 2 when he's like looking at that woman and he's like oh pregnant not gonna kill her then you're like oh honorable man when the motherfucker's gonna set off the bomb like, is he, did he like look at the uterus of every woman in there to make sure there was no like pregnant ladies in the, bl- the blast radius? Do you make sure there were no children? No, he's going to say fuck it and kill them all. Predators have an honor code until they don't. So mm-hmm. they would still, no matter what, set the thing off and the thing's dead. And while that one predator might be dead, ultimately still the thing's dead and predators still run around. Now, I want to bring up, um, another thing and or another another scary uh creature and that's the blob uh specifically the blob from uh 1987 you know this all encompassing thing that just grows and grows and grows and i you know that thing 
because I'm trying trying to figure out like would the predator be able to figure out how to contain it? You know, because uh, he doesn't have any ice based uh, weapons, and it seems that fire doesn't really do anything to the blob. Um, and the blob moves so fast and is so deadly that you know would the would the predator really be able to do anything in time before getting swallowed up and immediately digested and i wonder what would happen if the blob and the thing were to connect you know cuz it's one per, it's like another supercell versus another supercell i think that would make a really interesting matchup that actually would yeah i would agree with that you say the predator has no ice weapons. Just give them time. I mean, they're gonna end up. They're gonna end up making some action figures, and you know there's gonna be an Arctic predator in those action figures because that's what they do. So you, you're gonna have that predator that's gonna have some fur. They're gonna have some fur on them, and they're gonna have ice cannons instead of some other shit. And that's it. So like, yeah, you have to have like a bunch of predators to take out the blob because the blob is crazy and I, like i i don't necessarily want to see a blob versus predator matchup i really want to see a thing versus predator matchup i'm uh because i'm sorry a thing versus blob matchup because i just wonder what the hell would happen like would they merge and become some sort of super organism and then i you know everyone's dead i, I don't know what else to say about that okay so real quick i want to just preface something um that's the um the thing is what I picked as the scariest creature for me. It still is. But my favorite creature out of all of these is hands down the predator. I love the predator. I yeah. think he is the best, um, the best creature ever made. I think he's so badass. And I just get excited looking at him. And I'll watch those movies no matter how shitty they are. Because just looking at them is enough. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I want, I, yeah. I will dress up in full predator garb. For I don't even know if it's going to be for Halloween. If I get it, it's if it's my son's birthday or I'm adopting a child or something. And that's the only time I have the ability to wear a predator suit. I'll do it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I would I would watch it. I will wear it. I love the predator. So that's my favorite. Yeah, I am looking so forward to this, this movie coming out. The predator. I mean, I've heard that it's supposed to be silly, but uber gory, which I'm excited about because I don't think you've really seen the predator get too gory. You've seen pieces of it after the fact, but the kills have typically been mostly off camera with the exception of like avp requiem that's been like the one time you can kind of see some really good stuff and the problem with avp requiem is they 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 didn't have a budget for it so that's why everything is in the dark and you can't make out shit um that's i i got really bummed out by that because i i thought that avp requiem at least had um something there that could have made it cool just the budget got the worst of it there it does have some of my favorite predator kills in it though like that yeah that predator doing the throwing discs down the hallway and just impaling that woman uh, on the wall. That's all I wanted. You were <laughs> yeah. there, right, Sterling? I was like, Oh yeah. I was that like, was that was that was pretty. I was sick. like, that was I was like, sick. if this movie kills that woman, I will love this movie. That's all I want. And we were all in here together, and I just was like, Yeah, she's dead. It's it's like when the Wicked Witch died in Oz, and then like everybody came out and danced around. It was it's great. That's all. I, that's all. I, but that was. That was accidental too, which was maybe yes. even more hilarious. Because I, I think that it, where people talk about predators having some sort of code, I think it's a little bit you see it there, and then I think you see it mostly at the end of Predator Predator Part Two by the fact they're like, okay, you killed the guy, 
we're going to let you, by the way, here's the weapon of the other guy that, you know, went far or, or whatever the hell. Like, uh, those are the ones that kind of give you some sort of sense that, you know, they, they have honor. But yeah, like, like you said, Sterling, they have it so they don't. Um, but anyways, yeah, I digress. I mean, I, it's just one of those things, like pretty much every predator that's been on screen should be like a bad blood predator at this point. Because mm-hmm. they all break <laughs> the rules, with the exception of all the aliens on the ship at at the end of two. Uh, Technically, I guess the the cleanup guy in Requiem. I mean, for the most yeah. part, he wasn't like he was just trying to cover it up and trying to kill the aliens. I mean, yeah, because that like the whole point wasn't to let an outbreak happen, especially of the pred aliens. Um, yeah, and then I guess the the one predator that survived for most of the first AVB when he kind of yeah. uh, teams up with uh, Sinealism, um, he kind of had an honor code type of thing. Well, like I said, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just until they don't, and then they'll do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of those things, especially the thing that drives me nuts about the scene you mentioned at the end of Predators 2 when they, they hand him a pirate gun, is what they <laughs> give Dan, Danny Glover. And then to just explain why the fuck a Predator would keep a Predator gun, they retconned that in the comics to have it to where there was a Predator, that Predator, I guess, the one that gave it to him, uh, came down to Earth and was going to kill some pirates. And ended up teaming up with the pirate captain against the mutiny of all these other pirates. And so, like, him and the Predator and that pirate captain, like, killed a bunch of other pirates. They were, like, trying to kill them. And the Hmm. captain was dying. And he gave the Predator the gun to, like, keep fighting. And, you know, the Predator lives and moves on to, you know, give it to Danny Glover. Because that's what you do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was impressed. Because Danny Glover did handle that like a G. You know, like, I, I, I was impressed by that. Um, and it, it did make... And I feel like the, when you when you see that, like, the Predator go to head-to-head with Dutch or Danny Glover's character. Because um, what they do is they decide at a certain point, all right, I'm taking all this shit off and it's going to be a fair fight. And I think that's the other time you kind of see that honor code, but then I think when they're going to die, I think it's not, maybe not, they're they're not cheating or anything. I mean, there's a little bit of the, you know, fuck you, you're about to die too. But I think it's just like, well, I can't leave my body here. I have to blow myself up anyways, to get back to them having a little bit, maybe. I I think they do have honor. I think their code is just different from human beings. I really do. Um, There, when a code is really just kind of consistency and thanks to the movies universe and how they've kind of retcon certain things and taking things out and put things in and so on and so forth. Um, but you know, I've got a chance to just watch a lot of predator videos that are based off of the comic books and they do go into a lot of depth, mm-hmm. depth, uh, depth and just explaining, um, you know, the predator homeworld and, and what's cool to do and what's bad to do and the hierarchy and the types of predators and all those type of things. And, you know, got to bone up that way. Uh, which I think makes the movies better, too, and makes you understand a little bit better. So I think they do have a code, man. It's just not, you know, they're not samurai. They're hunters. So the main goal is to, you know, get a cool trophy and and, and, and kill something dangerous. That's what they really want to do. But, you know, they got some rules they got to follow. Yeah, they definitely are the coolest horror creature. Well, what about you there. guys? Does anybody else have something that maybe they 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 their picked was what they thought was the best movie, but what their favorite movie is different? I mean, I could say, you know, 
Puppet Master Little is right if you, you want. You just it. said you weren't going to do that. And I told you, gonna, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to find some way to be like, you know what? I'm going to get Puppet Master's Little is right in here. It's going to happen. <laughs> I had to ca- I had to catch you off guard with I'm it. You were expecting guard. it earlier. You were not expecting it I now. I knew that it was coming eventually, though. <laughs> I told you eventually it's going to happen. Well, I said I was going to bring it up in every podcast ever. I said I was going to bring it up in every podcast <laughs> Precisely. ever. Precisely. You know, that w- when we did the mid-year review from till the day we end, uh, I'm going to bring it up. So that was just me bringing it up. Um, I mean, other than that, one I would bring up that wasn't on the list. It ties into one of them off the list, though. Uh, is Gremlins 2 a new batch? Uh, I do think it's a better movie than the first one. It's a different movie than the first one, but I do think it's a better one. I think just the, the fact that it doesn't take itself too seriously really kind of and they just had fun with it i mean the fact that like litter malton was friends with the guy that made the the guys that made it the the first gremlins and then he didn't like the first predator and gave it a bad review and so they were like we're making predators too or gremlins too do you want to uh come here and get killed and he did so i think that's really cool um it's just gremlins 2 is just one of those movies that i can watch over and over again it's it's just so super great uh it is so and i just love the and I, I love the Phoebe Cates character in both those movies that no matter what mm-hmm. holiday it is, she's just had something fucking terrible happen to her. Yeah. Like even what was it? President's Day when it's like a man that looked like Lincoln, I think, wanted to molest her or something. And you're just like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like just the fact that like there's no holiday safe from that. That character's like tormented, like damaged childhood. And it just kind of makes me want to see like other Gremlins movies where they just like touch on different holidays where it's like, you know, like Labor Day. And she was like, just hear some weird, terrible story about something bad that happened to her on Labor Day. I want to know what other holidays are ruined in that young woman's life. <laughs> <laughs> kind of to tie off of uh, what you're saying, though, Sterling, I would say um, Gremlins probably is like I would put it up there as one of my favorite um, maybe not scariest creature feature, but probably my favorite just because I just, it, we watched it so much when I was a kid, you know, and it's kind of like in, in my home, it was just a very well-known movie. And anytime we saw it on TV at all, we would just like stop and watch it. So I think for me, I would consider that probably my favorite of the ones on this list. Um, not necessarily scariest, but definitely a favorite. Boom. Um, but, but yeah, just to piggyback off of what she said about Gremlins. Yeah. I always um, will think about gremlins whenever I'm doing like a list like this or thinking about creature features and stuff like that, because to me, it's super influential because anytime you see a movie about these little creatures, these hordes of little creatures like critters or like any of those movies where there were just a bunch of little creatures running around terrorizing a town or a city or something like that. I always feel like that's, you know, Gremlins was the real successful one that really got the train rolling on those types of films. So anytime I see something like that, I feel like it's always kind of an homage to Gremlins. So it's, I feel like it's got mm-hmm. a special place when you talk about horror creatures. It's always got to get a mention, you know. And you can't lie. After mm-hmm. watching Gremlins, especially that first one, you know, because the end is like in... Anytime you hear a, you know, bump in the house or maybe you got a, you know, blender on the fritz, you know, it could just be a regular electrical problem <laughs> or you could have a gremlin in your house. And don't lie. 
after you watch, especially the first <laughs> one, every time you heard something mess up or a light will flicker or something like that, you'd be like, oh, shit. Just for a second. <laughs> Just for a second. Got a gremlin. Like, turn yeah. off the damn water to the house now. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why didn't the gremlins multiply in snow, though? Yeah, that's a, see, that's one of those things. Mm-hmm. It's just like with the alien's blood. Like, they would walk through the snow, and I was like, they mm-hmm. would be everywhere. There would just be gremlins everywhere. Maybe it's a temperature. It has to be water, not ice. I mean, they're particular about it. Maybe it's a temperature yeah. thing. It, can't, it has to be warm and mm-hmm. considered a liquid, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's also like how do time zones work with when they eat? I mean, there's all kinds of weird things with the the gremlin rules that just are never addressed. Like, you know, if you're in the Midwest when you buy them, but you move to the East Coast, does it still does midnight still apply? Do time zones apply to gremlins? Right. I think that's tied to the moon, man. I think it's all lunar, you know, this outwardly energy connection. What about what about daylight saving time? Does daylight savings time affect them? I mean, it's it's just a weird thing with that. I mean, like, I get what you're saying. What you're saying makes sense. But since you can't put a rule to, like, when the moon is at this point in the sky, um, that because that would then depend on where you're at and on Earth and, you know, all the other kinds of things like that. And, like, what if, what about cloud cover? Does, like, cloud cover mm-hmm. block the moon waves? And that's why that they can maybe eat later at that point. I mean, there's all kinds of weird rules with the gremlins that don't actually work if you think about it for five seconds. But mm-hmm. the great thing about the movie is, is when you watch it, you don't end up you thinking don't care those about things it. at first. Yeah. You mm-hmm. don't care about it when you watch it. You only care about it, like, when you've watched it for the 20th time and you're like, hey, what about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what about moisture in the air? Like, if a, if a mogwai went to Florida and there's just enough humidity in the air, like, would that set yeah, it do off? They, do they sweat? Do they have forces? Right. They look, especially the gremlins, they do look kind of goopy and stuff like that. It would really suck to get a mogwai and feed it and you're like, I got time and then you, like, forget about the solstice. And then you're like, fuck, we're the solstice. Son of a There's <laughs> <laughs> too many rules for this pet. Like is and like what what sets off its like like it's like cocoon stage. Like if you feed it at like eleven fifty nine, like does it matter <laughs> if it swallows it after midnight? Or what about when the food's <laughs> digesting? Do you have to make sure the food is digested by midnight? I mean it, the the rules fall apart, like I said, if you think about it for five seconds. Like, what if you're just like, what if you just go play basketball during the day and like you come home and you're sweaty and you just toss your sweaty shirt onto a mogwai? It would be getting wet. Wouldn't mm-hmm. that set it off? That sounded dirty. Now I think we're going to have to do an episode. <laughs> we're going to have to do an episode solely based on what we think mogwais would do in specific situations. <laughs> oh, my like, goodness. What would, their, what would their rules dictate? at those times <laughs> like you said snow like is the body temperature of a of, of a gremlin or mogwai so low that when they walk on the snow barefoot you would think that it would some of the snow would melt like if they track in snow on their feet when they go inside <laughs> i mean i'm in the midwest trust me when you go inside with snow on your shoes you get little puddles all over your floor mm-hmm would that not just instantly create a like landmineness of 
Mogwais and Gremlins shooting everywhere. Real deep thoughts about the Gremlins movie. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, Gremlins, are they demons? So if you hit them with holy water, would they multiply? Because yeah, you don't know if they're magical <laughs> right. or biological. There has to be some magic involved here. So what magic would, yeah. would constitute... You know, defeating a gremlin. I don't know if they're demonic. Are they? Are gremlins demon? Are they? Are, are are they demons? See, and that's and that's what I always felt. Like I always felt that there was kind of like this magical sort of mysticism to them. So that whole stuff about don't feed them after midnight. I think eleven fifty nine. I think that it's kind of magical, man. Like it has to be after midnight. Like it it has to be after twelve. Because that's kind of when that magic can sort of happen. I don't know. I don't think there's really much. It just felt kind of like magical stuff to me. Like it felt kind of mystical in that way. Not like scientific, if that makes sense. You're trying to break it down with science, but I kind of feel like it's like a magic spell, you know, kind of in a way. All right. And I get that now. But all right, even with what you're saying with magic, and it's like, don't feed them after midnight. What if they just happen to eat on their own after midnight? Does that still count? Because you're not feeding them. They're just eating after midnight. If they just happen to rummage into a yeah, kitchen. That, that actually, you're not feeding too, them. When they break they're into the eating. mall, when, they, uh, when they're in the mall and they just start gorging themselves, yeah, they, they weren't being fed. They ate and they still transform. So it's not a feed or fed type of thing. They just, if they eat after midnight. Now, does it have to be just what we consider food? Because a motherfucking gremlin can eat a piece of paper. You know, and mm-hmm. they're obviously mischievous and want to trick him into feeding them. I mean, honestly, the kid had at least one book in his room. It could have been 1201 and they could have just gone, hey, let's eat that book. Transform. I mean, I say, mm-hmm. I say, let's say, fuck it right now. Let's just get rid of all the shit we've already talked about. Let's spend <laughs> the next hour just debating gremlin shit. <laughs> no, oh my not, goodness. I'm not going to do that because. No, no because, please don't. Please. Because I'm not, we're not going to do that. No. Let's no. just hit that reset button. No. Let's no. just hit that reset button. There are so many things no, we need to get into. You are really no. into this. Please. I wonder yeah, no. if gremlins are part of the same universe as Big Brother. Ryan, China. you are not helping. <laughs> you are not. You are doing. <laughs> See, that's the next topic. All right. Big, fuck big fuck me, you and the beast and that be our guest shit. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big trouble, little China. Mogwais. Does that mean a Mogwai might appear in the now what is considered a <laughs> sequel with Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Oh my! And since oh and since since Dwayne the Rock Johnson is a beefcake, if they take a bite out of him, will they transform? <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> so little time. I'm going to be pretty much useless for the rest of this podcast because I'm just going to be thinking of Gremlin scenarios from this point on. <laughs> Well, can I just sort of veer off to a different track Please, for a second? <laughs> um, I would like to say, though, like from the list of the creature features we were discussing, I would like to say for me, the most surprisingly great one on it was The Descent. When I saw that movie, mm-hmm. I really just I did not expect what it was. You know, I did not expect it to be as good as it was, you know, and it really it stays with you. It really you like you leave it and you're like, what did I just see? (laughs) What just happened? You know, it just it was a surprisingly good one. And for that, I really I'm glad it's on the list because sometimes with these creature features, you're you're not really surprised by 
the scenarios or what happens in them so much, you know, and for this one, it was just, I, I did not, it was a pleasant surprise, um, you know, and so for that, I would say that is the most surprisingly great films of the, the ones we're discussing. Yeah. And to add on to that, yeah, I, like, I, I agree. Yeah. I totally put that on the list just for reasons that you named. And I thought whenever it came back around to me, I was going to mention The Descent as one of my personal favorites on this list because, man, just what they oh, did sorry, with Jackson. the camera. <laughs> no, it's cool. No, it's cool. Um, I was glad somebody mentioned it. You know, I'm glad it, I'm glad somebody mentioned it before it got to me. But like just the I get what's the word? I guess claustrophobic nature of how it was filmed, like mm-hmm. how you just felt mm-hmm. in the in the caverns, in the caves. You just felt like like the way they did things with the camera. It just felt like you were just in there and like showing you just the tiniest of spaces. And then when these crawlers i think that's what they call them i want i want to say that's the official name crawlers or whatever they were these sort of things that sort of evolved underground and when you first see them and the the way that they would just come out of nowhere yeah yeah, it was just really Mm -hmm. neat it was really cool it was an all-female cast so that was refreshing as well so it wasn't like your your typical scenario where it's a bunch of guys and it's like oh who's gonna you know a bunch of guys, one girl, okay, who's going to live? You know, it was just refreshing. They, it, it felt like they mm-hmm. were looking yeah. to try something different. They were trying to do different things, and it was very ambitious, and you could just feel that throughout the, throughout the film. So I think it definitely sure. deserved to be on here, for sure. Yeah, and definitely, like, um, even still, one of the most like excellent and terrifying reveals of the creature that I've seen in a movie. So it's all about that night vision <laughs> yeah. scene, that night vision where the camera falls right. down. Yeah. That Seriously. Night vision oh, scene right there. I mean, and movies started doing that rip that like wreck did it with the night vision camera thing. Like people started, the movie started ripping that stuff, man. That night vision scene is just haunting. Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, the scene where she's hanging, uh, from the, uh, the rope. And that crawl was trying to figure out what she is, and he just jumps and pulls. Woo! That is something. That is mm-hmm. that was. That oh was amazing. yeah, yeah. yeah you, roadhouses you know. are- or at the end, mm-hmm. or at the end when she's crawling out of the out of the cavern, and she's and she you can see the light, and she's crawling, and those things are hanging onto her ankles, and it's just that that struggle to get up above ground like that that was just a great scene that's the, too. that's the only right up at the right end when she's yeah, making that's her the way only dig I yeah. have on it they should have yeah. went with the original ending of that film um have you ever yeah the original ending is amazing out, okay right? so have you guys not seen the original the original ending for that movie okay no. so here's how they descend originally yeah, I'm trying ends. To remember. So check this out let me explain so it goes through all that okay she's climbing trying to get those bones are on the ground she she gets up, she gets to a car, um, and then they have that jump scare uh, at the end with Juno being in the car with her. I think that was her the name of the the woman who she left her dad was Juno, mm-hmm. and then she wakes up and mm-hmm. it's red and she's in that cave and her arm is bent back behind her body, um, broken, and she gets up um, and realizes she is in that she's in that cage, uh, not the cage, but she's in the cave again. And um, she just has a mental break mm-hmm. and just goes completely insane. And I think 
she had said something about her daughter's oh, wow. um, birthday or something was supposed to be happening. And so right in front of her is um, a birthday cake and like a little girl and the candles are lit. And then she starts singing happy birthday. And then the crawlers are like going all around her. Like, it's amazing. If, if you haven't seen the, the oh, original man. ending, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen The Descent's original ending, I think it might even be on YouTube. Or if you have a movie, please go watch it. The movie would have mm-hmm. been so much better if they would have done it like that. Yeah, I think if you get it on iTunes, it includes the special features, and that might be one that's on there, if I remember correctly. And But the sad thing is, is it's not even canon anymore. The sequel erased that ending. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that yeah. awful sequel. It's true. Oh, yeah. I don't remember it being bad. It just wasn't the first one. It just wasn't necessary. Yeah. The first one was just such a pleasant surprise, too. I mean, I, I felt like it suffered. It had like a really horrible marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. It like came out when with a lot of those like um, like the ruins, that type of vibe where it's like, oh, some dumb people go do something stupid right. and now they're all getting picked off without, you know, so you had no sense about the psychological horror that was attached to the film and how it's just a really pleasant surprise. And it's not a stupid movie. It's a movie that, you know, has logic. Like everything is makes sense to a certain degree. And that's, I, it was a smart film mm-hmm. and it's just, a, it's a bummer that not, a, not a lot of people know about it. I showed it to my dad actually like two weeks ago. Uh, we were just like flipping around I'm like, well, let's watch this and see what you think. And he loved it. And he hates horror films. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think he was, awesome. I think he was more scared about the, the claustrophobia than anything else. But yeah. Well, I think it goes back to what Justin was saying earlier about alien. Like that, that movie pays such an homage to alien with the way they pace it. I mean, you go like mm-hmm. what three quarters of that movie and you don't see the monsters like three quarters yeah. of that movie. The horror is just, crazy shit that happens in a cave when you're by yourself yes like by yourself but when you're in a group on your own you know Mm -hmm. and just the crazy shit that can happen in that like they could have just gone with that and it still would have been a very yeah like tension filled movie like the broken leg part or whatever it was yeah 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 excellent point excellent point you could go through all of that and it still be one of those movies where like you're kind of cringy and uncomfortable with like the claustrophobia and just the terrible shit that's happening to mm-hmm. these people as it's going on. And then they throw these monsters at you, which I have a question for you guys. Do you think that that's what like gremlins grow up to if they grow up in a cave? <laughs> oh, Do my. Not answer that wow. question. That's, yes. that's a that great question. turn back. That you was that was good. <laughs> so, now, so now another theme that I will another theme I'm going to add to every podcast, along with Puppet Master's Lilith Reich, is I'm going to try to throw something Gremlins and their rules related to that into every <laughs> podcast from this point on. Um, oh God! <laughs> but no, it 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 really is. It was a really great movie. Um, the thing I the biggest problem I have with the Descent is that was done by uh, wasn't it? It wasn't Neil Blomkamp. Who who did that? Neil Marshall? Yeah, from um, Dog yes. Soldier. Yes, he did that movie. And then he did, what, Doomsday? And I was super excited for that movie. And that was shitty. So, like, he got my hopes up that he was, like, super awesome. And then he followed up with that shit. And he made me sad. Uh, so, I, I still, I still kind of harbor <laughs> some resentment towards him for that. And 
I just, mm. I kind of want to get back to that. Like, I think he's a really great director. Like if I don't know, like, cause I can't really like talk about like his resume and stuff like that, but I just, the potential's there. Like what he did in that movie was just nothing short of spectacular. And uh, he wrote that. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. It was just one of those movies. I think I saw because like, I think what I wanted to see was sold out at the time. And this was back in the day when you couldn't like pre-reserve theater seats. So like you would just show up to the movie theater and like hope what you wanted to see wasn't sold out. And what I wanted to see was sold out that weekend or that day or that showing whatever. And I was like, oh, well, this, I mean, I've heard of The Descent. Let's watch that. And no, that was, it was probably like, yeah, it's up there with uh, when I went to go see Friday Night Lights and that was sold out. So I ended up seeing Shaun of the Dead. Uh, it was wow, it's, it's right up there out. with one of those things where you just accidentally, <laughs> you just accidentally see a movie and you're like, your life is that much better for it. Like you're the hunter from the future. Man, oh man, we of need course. to touch on that a little bit before we're done here, <laughs> since that was brought up. And I think I think you can tie that into uh, creature features to a degree. Absolutely, um, we, yeah. we can, we can definitely touch on that. And I know the three other people in this podcast will be a little lost, and pretty much all our <laughs> listeners. But I think maybe one other person in the world that has maybe seen that movie um, might have any idea what we're talking about at that point. Okay, but, before man, oh, we man. get into this yore, because I know if once we go on a yore, it's over. I, everything is going to end. So, for those of you who cared about the best creature feature, um, uh, thank you for all your comments and all your feedback on our post. Uh, but you guys picked Jaws as the best creature feature, and I can't really argue with you. I can't really argue with really any of these picks, to be honest with you, but it's just fun to try to do so. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can pick any of these films, and I, if you picked one as the best, mm-hmm. I would be I would be impressed with you. Uh, so there we go. Now, down into the abyss. Let's go. Your. <laughs> <laughs> well, to touch on Jaws real quick, because I haven't touched on Jaws yet. Um, I think that people are kind of underselling how good Jaws re- Revenge is. Oh. Um, <laughs> mainly for the sheer fact that you what get happened here, Michael. You get Michael Caine just being Michael Caine with a shark, and uh, <laughs> you hate that he's himself all the time. I do. I just wanted a reason to bring up Michael Caine is the same in every fucking movie he does, <laughs> even when there's a shark around. I heard that um, when that when they did that film, they did it on the back lot at Universal Studios. And so, in order to create that tropical-looking water, um, rather than painting the floor a certain color, which makes it look brighter, uh, they ended up dyeing the water. And with the scene where Michael Caine goes into the water, I think when his plane crashes or whatever, he ended up being tinted like Papa Smurf blue as a result of that scene. <laughs> yeah, so he was very unhappy yeah, I, I've with heard that. that story too. That's hilarious. So a little. And then I heard that he wanted to do that movie because he, he was he was like remodeling his house and he's like, this would pay for the remodel. Yeah, he's, so he's been famous. Saying, I haven't seen nice. Jaws the Revenge, but I have seen the house it bought and I do like the house a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I think it was just him wanting to work with Mario Van Peebles. Sure. Probably. I think that's the real reason sure. he did that movie. So I've seen a, a version where Mario Van Peebles survives and I've seen another one that he dies. And it's been a long time since I've seen Josh for the revenge. So I don't remember what was the real ending. If he kind of pops up still alive or if they kill him off in the, in, in the real movie. I have only seen him live. I haven't seen one where he dies. Oh, I thought I saw one where he 
died and I read that it tested poorly. So like they figured out a way to bring him back to life. Because didn't he get like chawed and, and like it bit his ass right off the yes. boat? Yeah, it, it, it like I think if I'm remembering correctly, it's been a minute since I've seen it. But for whatever reason, I was kind of obsessed with that movie as a kid. Mm hmm. If I'm remembering correctly, it does jump up like he's like on the side of the boat or whatever, and it jumps up and grabs him, you know, because that's what sharks do. Uh, so I think that's what it was in that movie. Yeah, it, it does. It jumps up and gets him like right in the middle like of his body. And like I said, the only version I remember seeing is with him living. I don't remember ever seeing a version where he died, um, but she was the only redeeming thing about that movie. Uh other than I do love the fact that the beginning of that movie starts with one of the uh, one of the sons being killed as a police boat or on a police boat at the beginning of that movie. I think that that right there really kind of set the tone for this movie that for whatever reason, this random shark uh, that had no way of being, you know, knowing what happened in the first movie or second or third movie, because I mean, they all died. But for whatever reason, this shark knew what happened. It was like, you know what? Fuck this family. And like went on to like, I don't know, 1980s Google and find out where that guy <laughs> lived and went there to kill him. <laughs> well, you heard about the voodoo doctor subplot, right? No. Uh, no. So what happened is the older Brody kid that's out there doing his research on snails or whatever. He somehow kind of uncovers and ruins this voodoo doctor's like drug trade. So, or, or, or ruins a drug trade. And so what happens to get revenge, the voodoo doctor summons a voodoo shark to take out his family. And so the jaws that goes after them is possessed by the voodoo spirit. And so it's able to track down all the people that are in his bloodline and, and try to kill them, which is why that amazing scene on the, uh, on the banana boat uh, happened because he was trying to eat the little granddaughter. See, everything you're saying to me takes that movie from being just the worst Jaws movie ever and one of the worst movies ever to being the greatest thing to ever happen to movies. <laughs> Why the fuck would you cut that out? A, it explains everything that is wrong with that movie. And yep. B, it's a voodoo possessed shark. That is the greatest idea in the history of ever. Like, yeah. no, no more ideas would have ever needed to happen after that. Like, everyone could have stopped thinking because peak human intellect is thinking of a voodoo possessed shark. Like, that was the pinnacle of human evolution. <laughs> I have serious problems. Oh, you have serious now. problems now. Now like, are the serious I, problems. I don't know how right I can now. handle life. <laughs> I don't know how to handle life now. I, you could have gotten a voodoo possessed shark, but instead they just gave you that bullshit. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> My life has been changed and I don't know if it's for good or bad. Like, I don't know if now knowing that that's what it could have been. If I ever watch that movie again, all I'm going to be doing is sitting there and knowing what what could have happened. Oh, man, I need to make serious life changes at this point. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, I might have to stop like drinking and smoking now like my life is a lie <laughs> thanks ryan so glad that you you brought that yeah. up you know that's what, that's what i'm here to do i mean well, you're, well, you're basically life coaching so this is great i'm glad you did this somebody needed to be a life coach for sterling and that's you now so 
<laughs> I mean, at this point now, now there's three t- traditions. That's going to be Puppet Masters, Lilith's Reich, Gremlin Rules, and Voodoo Sharks. That's what everyone has to look forward to from now on. Puppet Perfect. Master, <laughs> Gremlin Rules, Voodoo Sharks. I need to get a Voodoo Shark tattoo now. Oh, my. Well, I think I just, just jumped on IMDb, and it says uh, the novelization of the film based on the original script included many scenes and subplots that ultimately got removed, including this voodoo thing. So Mm. if you really need this bad, I guess you can buy the book. I'm going on eBay right now. (laughs) There's a very good chance I'm buying this book mid-podcast. It'd be funny if right now Ryan's like, psych, just kidding, that never happened. (laughs) But your life is ruined. (laughs) We're going to find out. Revenge book. And it says, on the TV trope site, the film, specifically novelization, is the trope namer for Voodoo Shark, defined as an attempt in a story to explain away a plot hole, except that it falls flat because the explanation itself is a plot hole, which ends up raising more questions. Oh, anyways. Yeah, it's a, I think it's in the book. I didn't know there was a book about the revenge, but there you go. Report back to us. <laughs> right. Uh, I just bought a really shitty used copy of it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'll keep you, you can't guys get it in the uh, iTunes store and the in the oh, iBooks. I, I'm gonna go look there next. I just knew it'd be on eBay. You probably just uh, made the night in the life of some sad old man who lives with his mother, and she was like, "Why are you putting that stupid book on eBay? Nobody's ever gonna buy that shit." And then you go along, and he's like, "Mom, check this out. Suck on my nuts. <laughs> it's been perfect." <laughs> <laughs> some guy just made some guy just made six twenty five off me because it was three dollars and three twenty five for shipping. <laughs> shipping costs more than the actual book, and I just bought it. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Oh I my god! Really okay. Oh my! And hopefully the pages aren't sticky. I don't even care at this point because <laughs> they might they might they might end up sticky when I'm done reading this it. So taking a turn for the worse. <laughs> Yeah, they are, I might be deleting. I might be deleting that. Soccer doing over it. here like Yagami. <laughs> <laughs> you should because that was hilarious. Nah, fuck it. I'm leaving I it. Now. it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, anything else? Any other creature features or anything like that that you guys want or you know should be considered or want to talk about? Anything like that? They might not have been on the list or anything. I don't want to extend this podcast any longer, but I do want to give an honorable mention to It Follows because That's I don't natural. know what yeah, yeah, creature uh, could kill. Um, I, know a creature, I know a creature could kill that the is creature. Awesome, though. Yes. And it's got the love of Jesus and abstinence. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that could kill it. Starve it to death. Starve it to death. There you <laughs> anyway, go. Um, I have an honorable uh, mention for... Um, um, Jesus Christ, uh, Slither, honorable mention. That's it. I don't want to go in depth, but Slither, fantastic film, really underrated Slither. horror film, uh, great horror comedy. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Slither, go do that. You will love it. Or maybe you won't, but that's because you're a Philistine and you don't deserve to love something so good. <laughs> One of James Gunn's first film. Yes, it was. I, I do agree with you. Slither is an incredibly underrated movie. Um, Everything about it, like it's one of those movies where you've seen it before. It's Revenge of the Body Snatchers or not Revenge of the Body Snatchers, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's that type of movie. You've seen it before, but everything that they do in that movie, they just tweak it a little bit. The acting's phenomenal. 
And they just do enough little tweaks on that, that same formula that you've seen before that they somehow still can make it feel fresh. It, it, it's not to say it's like the descent, but it's what the descent did with essentially the formula that alien gave it. Slither does to the formula that invasion of the body snatchers gave it sitting. I was sitting here thinking I was like waxing poetic and shit and barely not. So um, it was so deep that else? we couldn't say anything to it. We were taking it in, you know, that's what she said. Well, I was, I was thinking about dropping the Donald Sutherland movie puppet master, uh, not, not to be confused with puppet masters, but the Donald Sutherland alien invasion movie puppet master which has to do with these like stingray looking aliens getting on your back and controlling you that way which is a terrible fucking movie but everyone in the world needs to watch it because it's still just fantastic I, i've seen it several times shitty As a kid, it was one of my favorite way. favorite movies to watch yeah can we do a future podcast on shitty like films from the like mid 80s yes, to like mid 90s yes. because there is a Yes. There's, yeah, yes. It's a treasure, As a matter of fact, I was just about to mention one because I feel like we need a dishonorable mention after all these honorable mentions. <laughs> so, like, I know Jaws was our number one movie, but to really appreciate Jaws, you have to go watch this movie that was inspired by Jaws called Orca. Oh, my God. Have any of Orca. you ever seen Orca? Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh my God, dude. Oh, yeah. This movie, oh, uh, just for the people listening, here's the premise. A, a, a male killer whale watches as his, I'm assuming wife or mate, um, is mm -hmm. killed by a fisherman. The, 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 the mate, um, killer whale was pregnant. So the, um, yep. little baby orcas are also killed in front of the male killer whale. Mm -hmm. The fetus. Yes. The fetus. And he, um, Super graphic. Yeah, it was pretty graphic. And he makes like this vengeful yelp, like, or something like that. It's the eye. Yeah, and it's the eye. You hear the noise in the eye. And then he proceeds to um, get vengeance on the uh, Fuck shit fisherman up. and the crew. Yes. And um, yeah, if you ever want to know why Jaws is so awesome, you should watch that because then you will understand why. You don't have to Jaws watch so to understand why Jaws is awesome. So you don't have to do that. That is my dishonorable mention. You, you don't. That was no, fake news. You, yes, yes, you do. Fake news. You have to. You have to. It is. You have to. It is terrible. <laughs> it is terrible. You have to watch it. It's so bad that you have to watch it. You have to watch it. <laughs> There's a movie called Barracuda that's way worse than uh, that because it. It tries to be a horror film, but then it tries to spin off into be this political film about polluting the waters, turning the barracudas crazy. And that is almost oh God. unwatchable. Oh, God. So wait, does Barracuda out. take place on a beach? Like, does it take place in the ocean? It Yeah, it takes place on the ocean. It's like um, in the Gulf, I think it is. And like, because of some pollution, it's turning the barracuda crazy. And they're like killing all these people and it's it's stupid <laughs> i remember watching when i was little and orca you know but on, on that tip by the way honorable mention piranha the og version and piranha the current version both fantastic films if you like water creatures i mean i'm i'm not a a like marine biologist in any way shape or form but i always thought barracudas were like freshwater fish so i'm just assuming being in the ocean was fucking them up and uh <laughs> 
So maybe that was really the cause. Um, just to give everybody that listens to this an update, I just saved $12 by buying my book on eBay because it's like $18 on Amazon. Uh, so, yeah, way to go me for getting a nice deal. True. If you, you, can, you can save money if you're cool with dealing with potential sticky, uh, <laughs> sticky pages, or you can definitely guarantee no sticky pages and pay a little bit more. So it's really your choice. Well, every version of it on Amazon is used, and most of them just say they're acceptable conditions. So, uh, okay, I think it'd still run the I, same I, gambit buying it on Amazon. So you might as well go eBay because at least that Damn. way you know who kind of had it, you know, by their username. If they have like a weird ass username, like like Mister Frumpies or Doctor Giggles, you know. Apparently, this book is like high end rare. Because if you go to the new section, I could buy it new. The cheapest version of it new is $41 with shipping. Or $61. I'm sorry, $61 with shipping. And that's Damn. that's the cheapest one. Then it jumps up to $95 with shipping. Wow. $98 with shipping. And there's one that tops out at $130 with shipping. So, I mean, I was kind of running that gamut of sticky pages, apparently, no matter what. Because I sure as fuck wasn't going to spend that much money. <laughs> hilarious you got to save up for your voodoo shark tattoo so you know yes which that reminds me listeners yeah, there you go if you like send us designs of what you think a voodoo shark would look like i want to see these i want voodoo shark ideas because <laughs> i need to get that tattoo and i think under it i might even get like where am i might get like a little banner that says jaws the real revenge or something nice <laughs> I'm just really thinking this all through. I mean, I don't think my life's going to be complete now until I've read this book and get this tattoo. And if it's a decent enough design, yeah. he will get that tattoo. <laughs> you have no that. idea what this man has tattooed on his body. He'll get it. He means this. <laughs> yeah, well. Other than that, we want to thank you guys for, you know, commenting on our, our creature feature posts. And to touch on one thing that Ryan did say earlier, we did mention it follows that just fell under the supernatural heading of things. So don't worry, we didn't forget it. We just classified it differently. Other than that, we do want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, which is cinema underscore slayers on Twitter. Uh, go to the the website, read some stuff, send us feedback. If there's anything you do want us to review or any ideas you would want us to talk about on the podcast, uh, just hit us up. We do have some pod or some contests that are, will be coming your way. So make sure you keep your eyes out for those. So then that way, you know, you might win some prizes or get some nice fun things. So we're always trying to, you know, constantly upgrade and do new cool things for you guys. So if you have any like suggestions or just anything like that, uh, hit us up because we do really appreciate any and all feedback we get. And also make sure you check out our Threadless store on our, uh, you can get to it through a link on our website, or if you go to threadless.com, search Cinema Slayers, you'll find us. And we do want to thank Ryan Crow for showing back up, being our first repeat guest on the podcast Yay! and doing our second movie Thanks, matchup Ryan. with us. Thank you. And if I could just do his shameless plug, Rebel Out of Crew, the series on El Rey this fall. Check it out. You'll find out how I ended up on this podcast with my loving show that I put all my it's life fantastic. into. So please check and it out. Tell best. your friends. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome, guys. Check it out. 
and we will definitely keep you guys posted. So when we do get like air dates and things like that, we can hit you guys with them to make sure you don't miss a moment of this because we have watched this show and we did love it. We've talked to everybody. It's just great all around. And we really think you guys would love it. And that's why we can't stop talking. Can't stop talking about that show. I've drank a little too much beer. Sorry, stumbling around <laughs> at this point. And other than that, guys, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.